Hello, welcome back to the Drew Brina Show. I'm Sabrina and... And I'm Drewy. <laughs> and we are a counseling intern. <gasps> Wait, mm, no. I'm a licensed eligible clinician. Wow. And a nurse growing with therapeutic tools for a holistic life and marriage. We're back, baby. We're back after being gone since July. <laughs> it's been a long time coming, but we're back and we're super happy to be back because we missed having conversations with each other. No, we have lots of conversations together, but yeah, we haven't spoken <laughs> since the last podcast. <laughs> Yeah, not since July. We haven't talked. So this is good for us. It's really healthy to talk to your spouse, I think. Yep. <laughs> I would say so. Um, okay, so let's just jump right in. Let's do more. You know, normally we do a week recap, but we got to do like a four month recap. So let's hit the big the big guys, the things, the big things that happened, the good things that happened, and then we'll get into the the hard stuff. <laughs> um, all right, Drew. So um, can you please explain to us why you're not a counseling intern anymore? Because I graduated. I got my master's degree. Yeah. Master of Arts in Clinical Mental Health Yay. Counseling. So, Back in August. Yes. So done ski with that. And then now I just got to get all my hours for state licensure. But it was a long road. I had a lot of support along the way. And. That's good. <laughs> yeah, so Drew just got his master's degree in August, so we're really thankful. And um, on top of that, we decided to stay in uh, Hawaii <laughs> because Drew got a great job here. So that's another big thing that happened. Um, also, Drew turned 30 years old in July. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the last episode was like right before my birthday or yeah, on it or something. Yeah, we were talking about your 20s, I think. Yeah, so Drew officially is 30 Still years alive. old. <laughs> Still 30. Um, I am now right behind him. I had my birthday October 9th, and I am now 29 years She's old. She's clinging desperately to her 20s. <laughs> so I'm 29 now. Woohoo. Um, we didn't talk about what we did for your birthday. You, We got some Korean food. Right, we went to a Korean barbecue place. So fuzzy now; it's been so long. But yeah, it's weird doing a recap oh. from this far away. Oh, oh, oh! Also, we put together. I well, my friend put together, and I asked a bunch of people to put this together of um, telling telling you what they loved about you, and we put like a little short. I know. Movie I need to rewatch that. that. That's yeah. It was just like I'm a my love language is words of affirmation, so it's just all these people just telling me what they loved about me. Is ooh. Yeah. Touched my soul. Touched my soul. And oh, then, I'm trying to find my uh your rhythm. My podcast persona. Like just be yourself. Rusty. I know. I'm trying to be like, how do I be clever? How do I Maybe move your chair like so you can face me so that we're it's you know, conversating here, yeah. You know? Just getting farther and farther away from the computer. That's okay. For my birthday, we um had a big Chinese festival. <laughs> No, we went to a 
seafood restaurant that had like a big lazy susan in oh, the middle. Oh yeah, it's called um Capilani Seafood. What's that type of Chinese called? Dim sum. Oh yeah. And so we all shared um little plates and it just like it's so fun. We get yeah. our own little room with a huge table together. Yeah. It's like a giant circular revolving table. Yeah. And everybody orders like little small plates of like chicken feet. Yeah, and <laughs> bao. Is that what it's called? Yeah, those oh. little yeah. balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that thing. I know. I'm still learning the name. I'm not I'm not great not at that it either. Cultured. Long tongue soup, all kinds of good yeah, stuff. Yeah, chicken feet. Yep. You already say that? Yeah, I already said that. And then the, we went to the beach, um, me and some friends, and chilled and read my Kindle, which is like my Dude, girl's number, a speed reader. number one favorite gift that your mom got me for my birthday. Super grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, then the next day, we did something else too for my birthday. I don't remember. Oh, we had like an intimate girl plus Drew dinner at another restaurant. Oh, no, there's guys there. Jason and Thomas came. Um, and we went to, uh, what's it called? We went to more Korean food. <laughs> oh, Kim's. Oh, and yeah. And kimchi galore and all kinds of good food. I'm like totally blanking. I know. I think I blocked out that whole weekend. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we're real, yeah, my birthday weekend kind of sucked emotionally for Drew and I, but we just weren't getting along. Yeah. It was weird. We were just off. Like, yeah. I just, I was like. In my feels because of of like stress or work or something, but then I didn't want to like bring it up to like make it about me and bring her down. But then Sabrina was like, "No, tell me," and I was like, "No, I don't want to." And so it was like this: uh, I don't want to share, and I don't want it to be yeah. an issue. But now and then it, it is became an a issue. huge issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah lots but of anyway, it's a it was a human. Day. It was a it human was day. A, it was a definite human day, that's for sure. But Drew does owe me a new birthday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I made up for it for our. I'm skipping ahead. I made up for it for our fifth wedding anniversary. Yeah, which yeah. we did two days ago. Right. We, well, well, we three. we had three days ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. We did stuff for it multiple days, but yeah, November 10th was five. Five years. Yeah. A lot of milestones. My gosh. Yeah, I know. From like July to November, it's like yeah. a blur. Wow. Whoa, this is weird. I'm just like sitting here. You're talking about milestones and like where we've come and stuff. Like, yeah. Just thinking back to like, I don't know, when we first met or even before we met. Um, like, right now, I'm seeing you like sitting here, like, on our bed in our little guest room, there's like a surfboard behind you. There's like a palm tree and a mountain out the window. <laughs> and we're like on a podcast in Hawaii. And I'm like, wow, this is pretty dreamy. You know, we yeah take it for granted sometimes. It's true. Our lives. You it's know? true. I'm sure listeners can relate. It's like, and you don't have to, obviously you don't have to live in Hawaii to be blessed. There's <laughs> plenty of difficulties Believe of living me, there here, are a lot of difficulties living here. more so highlighting like yeah enjoying the small things you know yeah that's awesome thanks babe um okay another crazy thing that happened to us was we moved we were living more downtown area and then we found a place that was cheaper and bigger well kind of bigger and but oh, has yeah, a second it's, bedroom it's bigger so we moved and we've been here since when did we move september september so august September, so, yeah, October, this is November, our third, third month. month? Yeah. Whoa, that went by fast. 
Oh, I was going to say, it feels like we've been here longer. Really? Because I feel like we've experienced so yeah, much here, we which, have. which we'll get into. We'll get there. Yeah. And then right after, so we moved in, then we just like went ham on trying to figure out the layout of our place, making it look really nice. Yeah, buying because, furniture. Yeah, we got a cow, a new couch. We bought um, shelves. We got plants, finally. I've been holding off on, on getting plants until I knew we were living here for for a long term. Um, we got a day bed. We got an office desk. Oh, my gosh. Two AC units. Mm-hmm. Like Anyway, and then my brother came to visit a month later. So then we had my brother and his wife come visit, and that was really fun. We had a great time with them. Got to show her a turtle, multiple turtles on her birthday. Yeah. That was really sweet. Um, and then. Yeah, let's talk about hosting. It was like. Oh, yeah, we can talk about hosting. It was. Well, one of the reasons why we got this place was because it has an extra bedroom. Yeah. And. We've like we love hosting people, yes. and our previous place was just this tiny one bedroom, right? In downtown, no parking spot, just yeah, not very homey, you know. And so now, it's so great to have an extra bedroom. Mm-hmm. We have a, a, a day bed with a trundle under it, so there's like a mattress on top, and then one rolls out underneath it. Yeah. Um. So there's just more sleeping. We have, you know, a living room. There's a couch out there if someone needs to sleep on that, and so just like. We just have a heart for hosting and having people over. Uh, our space wasn't conducive to it, but yeah. the way I think about it is like, uh, if you steward what you have well, then you'll be given more. So, um, yeah. So I lost my train of thought. Sabrina's adjusting my mic. No, my volume's good. I'm just looking. Oh, I know. It just looks like you're like mm, yeah. talking to the side of the microphone. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah, if you look at it, like you want it, you see where the green turns to yellow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you see. just want it right under the yellow. But yeah, um, this idea that if you, going back to hosting like and having a space, like this idea of if you use what you've been given to its full capacity and you're a good steward of it and you host well with it, with the space that you do have, instead of waiting till you have a bigger space, then that bigger space will be granted to you. That's like a spiritual law. You know, or maybe not even bigger space, but if it's conducive to like God's will for you and expanding your territory and your mm-hmm. ability to host and love people, like God will, um, yeah, you know, grant that for you. I think about my friend Ryan, um, who's in in ministry, and he, um, sorry, she's crawling over me, um, and he and his wife bought a house several months back and. They've hosted people there and they're getting it ready and making it a home. And I'm sure they're probably moved in by now, like moved in in the sense of like settled with furniture and decoration. And I bet it's beautiful because his wife is um, such an amazing homemaker and really takes good care of him. And uh, yeah, he Ryan definitely married up. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, so we we love the new place. Um, we're excited to host, like we're constantly reaching out to our friends in the mainland, like, Hey, when are you going to come visit? You know, cause they can just stay with us. We don't have to commute to and from the hotel or it's just, you can spend a lot of time with just like the logistics and going to and from when you're visiting Hawaii. And it takes away from the overall experience because 
there's like a a certain pace that the island is meant to be experienced at. And if you're in a hurried pace, you kind of miss it. That goes for all of life, but for some reason here in Hawaii, it feels more so. Um, just talking about like, uh, Sabrina just got back. Just talking yeah, about like the pace. It. Yeah. Um, I actually have something to say about that. I listened to a podcast that I mentioned a lot on this, on ours, called Walk in Love. They live in Maui, and they actually moved there at the exact same time we moved to, not exact, almost exactly the same time as we moved here. And so they talk about the same thing. They love hosting, and they talk about how important it is to tell their guests to take it slow here and not to rush into seeing and doing all the things because then you miss out on the goodness and the excitement of what Hawaii can give you and the rest it can give you if you give it time. Um, and so I definitely agree. Yeah. I see it time and time again, even for ourselves. Like when we take our time at the beach and we enjoy ourselves, then a big monk seal comes up and chills. Oh my gosh. So that was crazy. We should like put that on YouTube or something so people can see it. I mean, not that you can't Google a monk seal, but yeah, yeah, tell the, tell, tell the listeners about it. Okay. So we went to this really cute this this pretty space. I don't really like dropping yeah, don't beach know. names right. on podcasts. Yeah. I mean, just ask me if you want to know. But anyways, um, there's a beach that we like to we've been to now once only. And we I showed up and I was just chilling. I got my umbrella set up and Drew had gone and parked the car. And I'm like looking out into the distance and I see this little lump and it looks like a rock. Legit. I thought it was just a rock. And then I look closely and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a huge monk seal. And we're talking like maybe a hundred yards from me. Not, not even yeah. maybe. Probably. In, the, in the water, yeah? No, no, no. It was like up on the rock. Oh, on the rocks. He's just chilling. And then within like the next 10 minutes, he starts to kind of crawl closer to the water as if he's like hot, you know? So he starts to get in and put his face in and like kind of roll around. He's being silly. I have it all on video. And then he gets in the water. And they, this is a small little area where people are swimming and like, There's I like, don't know if you guys know about monk seals, but yeah. monk seals can be pretty aggressive, yeah. especially territorial. if they're a mom with babies. That's a normally when they're pretty aggressive. So anyways, he like gets in the water and he starts moving towards me, just me. And he's like coming towards the beach and he's like looking me in the eye. Like we're <laughs> making eye contact here. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I probably need to move. So I'm on edge. Like I'm, I'm like waiting to see what he does, trying not to give him too much nervousness in my eyes. And I, so then he like comes and breaches up on the ocean, but he keeps wiggling closer and closer into the sand, closer to me. And like, I was pretty far from him at first. And then all of a sudden he's like in my territory. And then Drew shows up and he's like, Oh my gosh, like there's a monk seal like literally yeah. right in front of us. As I and was I'm walking like, up, I, I, know. I saw it like happening, like him coming in from the water onto the shore. Just and he's just kind of wiggling up. up there. Yeah, he just looks like a big ocean dog. He looks like Zelly and just chilling he's on the cute. sand. And uh, yeah, I mean, what he got like maybe 35 feet from us. Yeah, and <laughs> you're supposed to be like 50 feet from yeah. them. So I was like, Telling Drew as soon as we got there, hey, we need to move our stuff. And then yeah. sure enough, security shows up with like a bunch of little like they have posts these little signs. Yeah. To Don't touch it. the wildlife. Yeah. Stay 50 feet away. Yeah. And does that help? Oh, my gosh, no. dude. There were some people and 
we call it vacation mode. I mean, you've heard that term, but it's just like, it's this idea that like you're at a theme park and that like all of nature is like safe and it's just a big like petting zoo. Right. But it's like, no, like, and so there's people who are like approaching the monk seal, like trying to take a picture. There's like this little girl walking up uh, to it. like, And her parents were not stopping And they her. could like... There's been cases of people getting attacked by seals yeah. on the island. Yeah. And it's like people are just in vacation mode. and Yeah. Twice uh, I got up out of my chair to like hope like intervene, like intervene yeah. because this little girl kept getting closer and closer and her parents weren't doing a single thing. The dad was snorkeling. The mom was like taking pictures with her baby on the front of her, like a small baby on her, yeah. on her back. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? So... Anyway. Yeah, it's not a petting zoo. Like, it's not SeaWorld. Like, I know. Anyway. <laughs> so, that was pretty cool yesterday. Yeah, but that was cool. I love the wildlife here. Monk seals are just, they're just so exotic they're to big. me. You know? Like, yeah. where do you see a wild seal? It's such a strange you know. mammal, you know? I mean, I guess San Francisco, like California, right. Santa Cruz, you see them all the time. Yeah. But these are giant. But like the this, seals there are not this, this big. This Texas boy, I'm like, <laughs> only at SeaWorld, you know? I'm like, <laughs> only at SeaWorld. Yeah. All right. So we could transition into the next thing. <laughs> Drew's got to get all the way over. So I'd like smooth transition. Yes, yeah, smooth. It's like We're when getting you're back. doing your presentation in high school, and now we will transition into the next slide. <laughs> and then when you finish your presentation, okay, and that's and it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so awkward. Um. Okay. This next topic, or the topic that we're talking about, oh, I just like to put bump the mic. Sorry. <laughs> I'd like to put a little caveat on it first before we begin. Caviar. Um, a little caution warning. We are going to talk about the topic of miscarriage. So if you, if this is a triggering topic or something that's close to you that bothers you, you know, just feel free to skip ahead. We will get to um, lighter things later on. But for now, that's what we're talking about, unfortunately. So, yeah, trigger warning. Trigger warning, yeah. Um, well, I'll begin because... Uh, yeah, I started it. <laughs> um, so Drew and I, we, Drew turned 30 years old. July 3rd. July 3rd. And Do then, a timeline. Yeah, the next day, um, I took a pregnancy test, and lo and behold, it was positive. Woo! And so we were pregnant, and we were really, 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 really excited. Um, and I... First try. Yeah, first try. We were we were, we were just, yeah, we were just like, you know what? God's given us more capacity. Like we were talking about with um, a new place. We already knew we were moving into a new place. Mm -hmm. And we knew we were staying in Hawaii and we were like, why not? We had thought maybe we'd try later on in the year, like now, but we were like, let's just try early. Why not? And worked out. Um, so yeah, everything was good. We went to the doctors. We got an ultrasound at around nine weeks and baby had a heartbeat and it was so cute. It was just a little yeah. tiny guy. It was like the size of like, probably like your thumb, the start of your, like the top portion of your thumb. Yeah. Nail included. Right. Maybe 
Yeah, an inch and a half long. Yeah. And it had like a little heartbeat and Drew was there and we got an ultrasound and everything and it was all good. Yeah. And then like, you know, we got the ultrasound. We were waiting to get the first ultrasound before we started to announce it to people. Yeah. Like in our inner circle and stuff. And so yeah. we did that and then. We, know, told parents, though, we, told we told their parents, though. We told their parents the day we found out. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I, um, the day I found out, or the, the day we found out, actually, I, many things happened. I went on a hike with some friends, which was really fun, and I didn't tell them. I had to hold that in. And then also, I flew to California. Um, or, yeah, no, no, not California, Texas, for a friend's wedding. Um, so I was very, very sick. <laughs> I had never experienced pregnancy before this, and I was extremely nauseous on the plane, extremely nauseous all through the wedding. I got to tell my parents in person because I flew straight to Texas, and I got to see my mom and dad and told them in person. Um, and they were so, so excited. And we have it all on video of his parents being told and my parents being told. And it was really sweet. And yeah, super special. Yeah, we did it in a sweet way. Um, they were just ecstatic because it would be the first baby on his side yeah. and the second on our side yeah on my side um so yeah it was anyway. cool life was just we were moving and grooving uh like mm -hmm. we talked about earlier i had graduated i started my internship like negotiated a good position for yeah. myself and for the company and for my family you yeah. know and was like all right here we go expanding our territory right exactly um <clears throat> Okay, and then August 21st, I went into another ultrasound. It was just like my 12-week. It was, well, it was one week before 12 weeks, but they were like, let's just do it anyway. So 11 weeks um, pregnant, and I show up. I go by myself, unfortunately. Drew wasn't able to come because of work. And I go and, um, yeah, basically just told there's no heartbeat anymore, uh, which I... Um, I, I put on my nursing brain now that I think back to it, like the minute it happened, I switched over to nurse brain, Sabrina, almost like disassociating as if it was like a patient hearing it, not Sabrina hearing it so that I could get through mm. to the other side. Yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. So I did that. And then I was like, okay, are you sure? And they're like, yeah. And then I said, okay, like my husband's not here. Can we come back tomorrow? Or a few days from now because I need I need to give my husband closure on this. Yeah. Um, and so I remember just walking out of the doctor's office and I literally said out loud as like tears are starting to come out of my eyes, like I just said, Sabrina, just one step at a time. Just one, just do the next right thing. Just one more step. Just one more step. Just the next thing is what you need to do. And I, seriously, like, getting in the car, buckling my seatbelt, getting out of the parking garage, getting home. Like I kept telling myself just one step at a time, yeah. one step at You're a time. You're probably in like a state of shock. I was completely. I don't remember the drive home really. And mm. then I got home and I had to wait for Drew to get home. And that was excruciating. <laughs> I literally just sat on the couch and I'm pretty sure my neighbors thought I was dying or something because I was crying really hard mm. um and I think my biggest thing was I just didn't want to I didn't want to tell Drew the news that was the hardest part because I knew it was going to really hurt him because I knew how hard it had been for me to hear the words and so I didn't really want to tell him 
So then Drew got home and I told him and just like as he does, just loved me and held me and told me it was going to be okay. Pretty much the whole day we just talked about how sucky it was. Yeah, the next few days because our employers were very understanding, giving us some time off. Yeah. Um, just to grieve, you know, um, it doesn't matter if it was, you know, only quote unquote, only nine weeks or 10 weeks or whatever, like it doesn't matter. Like it's still feel like something was, you know, taken away from us, which was really hard. Um, but yeah, we were able to talk through it and it's like some moments was total despair and sadness. Some moments was confusion and questioning God. Mm -hmm. Some moments we were just fine and everything just felt kind of normal. And then a wave of anger might hit, you know, and we had some, uh, throughout that time, we had some amazing friends really step up to the plate and bring us meals and kind of reach out and, and be there. Um, and like, what do you need? Do you need space? Do you need someone to talk to? Yeah. So um, that was incredibly helpful. Like there was, there were some silver linings um, to that whole process. Yeah. So that was really the start of it, honestly. Um, was it like the, what is it called? The some un, something miscarriage? Uncaught? Oh, oh, oh. So yeah. The reason why Drew said, oh, nine weeks, 10 weeks, not sure. So what I had was a missed miscarriage. So what happened was we had a, we had a a heartbeat. We had a baby that was alive at nine weeks with that first ultrasound. And then somewhere along that nine week period, the baby stopped growing. And then I think eventually deceased as well, because when they did the scan, the baby was still nine weeks when I was supposed to be 11 weeks. Like the baby was, had only developed to that that amount of inches and if you know about pregnancy like babies grow rapidly in the first trimester and so if the baby's still at nine weeks that was concerning and so anyway um I was 11 weeks pregnant in my in my body but the baby stopped developing at nine weeks so first somehow we got a heartbeat and then the baby passed away all in maybe a few days and that's kind of grace-filled right because we got to see the heartbeat, which was really beautiful. Yeah. Not everyone gets that. So I had right. a missed miscarriage. So then yeah, the so baby was a, still in me mm-hmm. and nothing was showing. Like I didn't know I was having a miscarriage. I didn't have any ideas. I was still feeling pregnant right. too. Um, so then there was the issue of what do we do next? Do we yeah. do a DNC? Do we take medication? Like yeah. there's all these things I had to decide. Because when a woman miscarries, and correct me if I'm wrong, she'll find out in a couple different ways she'll find out yeah if it's a missed miscarriage which is where you go in for a follow-up appointment mm-hmm. you get an ultrasound and there's no longer a heartbeat right and then there's a i don't know what it's called but there's basically where a spontaneous a spontaneous miscarriage where yeah. your body releases it yes and it you know yeah you find out that way you find out yeah mm-hmm. physically yeah that you're like okay my body is releasing it and there's yeah what blood and yeah different different stuff so we had the the former which was the missed miscarriage right where her body was still hanging on to Mm -hmm. um the fetus yeah you know and so it was this like waiting game yeah of like okay well we found the news and then now we know that there's a lifeless you know um fetus in there and it's like how do we do we induce it 
do we just let Wait, the body yeah. process it itself? And so I told Sabrina, like, it's a real Sophie's choice because all of those outcomes suck. Yeah. Yeah. They were, nothing was happy about the situation. Yeah. So then I just wanted to take more of like a natural approach and wanted to wait, allow my body to do its thing. But you know what? I waited three weeks, mm-hmm. which now looking back, I can't even believe I did that because it was so emotionally and mentally challenging every day. Just felt like torture waiting for something bad to happen every day and going to work still. And like, it was, it was so, so sad and hard. Um, so anyway, that finally I decided one day I, I got another ultrasound, um, to see if anything had been released and it had it. And that was kind of my last straw. I was like, Drew, I'm done. I can't, do this any longer. So I asked it for a day and a half off and I decided to take the medication to kind of do, do thing, to do things quickly. And yeah, it happened within that night and it was terrible to say the least, like excruciating pain that came on pretty rapidly. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is hard. I'm I don't know how graphic I want to get, but yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, Mina, jump in. Yeah. Um, yeah, like when, so you took the medication to release it, and then you were like, it was like horrible, like cramping. Is that what you call no, it? Or it was contractions? contractions? Yeah, contractions. It's not cramping. I know what cramping. Horrible is. <laughs> contractions. Yeah, and then um, and they were like back to back. It was yeah. not like you had a break or anything and like normal labor. The body, and of course, it was late at night. It's always like the perfect storm with these kind of horrific experiences. And then your body released um, the baby, and mm-hmm. it was still intact, which yeah. means we got to see its anatomy right like we was still intact we saw its little head and ears and little hands it was probably what like two inches long Mm -hmm. at this point yeah um so it's like it's one it's like you never want to see that um but two i guess with the grieving process like it's good to maybe good to to see it although sometimes i wish we didn't (laughs) yeah yeah. Um it's a both and for me. I'm yeah. I've walked so many ladies through this, you know, so many ladies through miscarriage and stillborns and they've seen their babies and they've held their babies and it is some sort of closure. Um but at the same time and and it's beautiful to know that even at 9 weeks like that our little baby was formed and was half me and half Drew and like it was Still perfect, honestly, in my eyes. Yeah. This little baby was oh, yeah. perfect, perfect, innocent. Um, yeah. But then at the same time, yeah, you do have an image that does haunt me sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, that's been like, I think one of the hardest things the last couple of weeks is just working through that and yeah. um, not allowing Satan or myself to dis- to disturb that, to make it. Um, twisted, yeah, into like this, look like, at what is going to happen to you again, right? yeah. or like look at what you did, or look at what happened, what your body did, or just mm. like making it into something that it's not. So because I up. just want 
to keep that image as like something beautiful that God gave me. Cause the minute it happened, like the minute I held our baby, like I did feel a lot of peace. I did in that moment. I was so, I was actually the first thought that came to my head was I'm so grateful that I get to experience this, like that I get to hold this baby that I once held inside of me. And yeah, but also it gets twisted. Yeah. And Cause I was like, I was like in a rage, like my mind could yeah. not handle seeing that. Cause I'm like, this is not supposed to happen. This is not how it should have happened. You know? No, I shouldn't. Why, have. you know, why was this allowed to happen? And you know, we won't really know the answer. There yeah. doesn't even have to be a reason other than it's a fallen world and yeah. generations upon generations of, uh, the imprint of, of sin yeah. From coming back from the Garden of Eden has corrupted our genetics, you know? Yeah. And that is still very much alive in our genetic code and comes out that way sometimes. And But I was just like, this is not how it's supposed to be. And my brain could not wrap its mind around what happened. Like, what am I looking at? Like, what? Right. So... It's hard. It's like everyone's yeah. response is different in a traumatic situation, you know? Um, Absolutely. And that's okay. You know, it's okay uh, to ride those waves and, of course, express express it safely and don't take it out on other people. Right. Um, you know? Yeah. T- talk to people, mm-hmm. uh, punch a pillow, go in your car and scream, scream into a pillow, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's, yeah, and then we, that happened, and then we, um, we actually sent the baby off for a genetic screening just to see if there's anything we should be worried about. Yeah, we wanted to make sure, um, yeah, we wanted to make sure that it didn't have any type of genetic disorder. Yeah. Or that we weren't carriers of any type of anomalies right to where it could impact uh, future conception yeah uh, or disabilities or things like that and the test results came back and it was they told us it was a normal healthy baby boy yeah which was a shock because everybody including thought us. it was a girl <laughs> yeah including us and so we already had a name was, in mind on one hand yeah. it was comforting to hear that we're not carriers of any type of genetic anomalies. But then on the other hand, we're like, wait, if it was healthy chromosomes, then why didn't it make it? Why wasn't it viable? I know. Is that the word viable? Viable. Mm -hmm. I know. That's the question I ask myself a lot. I get wrapped up in that sometimes. But ultimately, we have no control over what happens. And I have had to, I have to let that go. But we mm-hmm. did name the baby, which is really special. Yeah. And I wanted to, I wanted to say, I wanted to talk about what the name means to us because I feel like I've kind of hesit. For some reason, I've been hesitant to like share why we named him it because I feel like it won't be as like sentimental or special to other people as it is to us. But that's the point. It won't be. <laughs> you know, it's not their baby. I don't know why I felt that, but I have. Yeah. So. It's, uh... It's like a intimate thing between me, you, and God, and Sam. <laughs> Sam, Just yeah. Just name dropped it. 
His name is Sam. That wasn't actually the original name we had no. picked out, but Just Drew came, came up me. with it. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's funny because we thought it was a girl. So then we were like, okay, Sam is such a cute name for a girl. But then when we found out it was a boy, I was like, oh, it's Samuel. And then mm-hmm. I realized, like, I had already known this before, like, reading the book of Samuel and stuff, but it really resonated with me afterward, you know, that Hannah was asking for a baby and Sam and for Samuel yeah. and, like, pleading with God for a baby. And God gave her a son, and she said that she'd give him back to him. And so I wanted to read this. It's from First Samuel. Um, it's First Samuel 1, 26 through... 28 and this is like what like makes me feel so good about the name it says sir do you remember me hannah asked i am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the lord i asked the lord to give me this boy and he has granted my request now i am giving him to the lord and he will belong to the lord his whole life and they worship the lord there um Mm. so unfortunately my sam had to be given back to the Lord in heaven and not on earth, but unfortunately for us, unfortunately for, for us, him, yeah. <laughs> for him, he's got he's a good, got a life. good deal. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, a lot has come from this name too, like a lot of visions and beautiful people in our lives. Yeah, named Sam and been meeting you some really meeting and uh, hearing from and off authors and speakers and. Um, just been seeing it, meeting people, and gravitating, so just those, yeah, those kind of God winks, of like gravitating wow. towards yeah. the name Sam. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a powerful name. Speaking of that, one of them was we went to a conference here in Hawaii, yeah. and the pastor's name was Pastor Samuel um, Rodriguez, and he's written a lot of books and done some Bible studies. So we actually bought his book and Bible study, and we were doing it. It's called Your Mess, God's Miracle, and amazing it's like it was exactly what we're, to what we're going through yeah. so God, we were like yeah we named our baby the right. perfect name right the premise of the book is the uh healing miracle where jesus healed the blind man by like rubbing spit and mud on his eyes yeah and it was talking about how out of that mess like came the miracle and it's saying like the messes in your lives are just the foundation and the open doors for God's miracle to come through. Yeah. Because if if something is a complete mess, then that means God can completely create a miracle from scratch. But if you have something built already, partially or completely, he doesn't have as much room to create it his way. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Little Sam. Yep. He's teaching us a lot. Yep. But even talking about it today, I feel like we're moving forward like with yeah. our grief process. Not moving on, no, but no, moving no. forward. Yeah. And I feel a lot just better. Think like Yeah. And yeah, grief is kind of a personal thing because in the back of my mind, like as I'm talking about this, there's like these, you know, voices in my head right. uh that are like well, why don't you just get over it? Or right. like these, I'm it's like, been three months. Yeah, just yeah. get over it. Why, like, just let it go, move on. And mm. it's like, you know, like, I agree that we don't need to like hold on to things and beat a dead horse mm-hmm. and like 
ruminate on negativity all the time or self-pity yeah i think it's like misconstrued for self-pity or right. something victimhood yeah or like a victim mentality and and that's that's not it at all it's not it at all it's loss i feel so misunderstood sometimes because i'm like i'm my grief is grief is so weird it's a teacher yeah. like right i wrote in my journal like right after it all happened like that Grief is such a teacher. Like it teaches you so much and and it comes in waves. It is like the ocean. It'll come over and hit you in the face. Right. And you don't even know it's happening. And yeah. then sometimes it'll just gently hit your le- your feet and your legs. And like you'll be like, okay, yeah. I can handle this. But like it comes and goes in different ways. And right. you can't hand you can't determine right. when you're going to feel a certain way. No, or when you it's going to teach you it, something. Yeah, you just take it as it comes. And like, I don't let it take over right. all the time. But sometimes if yeah. I need to, I do allow that. Right. It's not like this idea that you're just a like victim of your circumstances and emotions to where you just like let your emotion dominate your life. It's more than like emo- just emotion it's like it's soul work you know what i mean like it's it's a teacher and i mean even from a christian perspective right like the the hardships and the suffering that we go through and the pruning is what refines us and teaches us so it's not that we're just like obsessed with our feelings or having a victim mentality it's like okay god like god knows that this happened and God's going to speak through it and That's change right. me. Yeah. And I don't want to miss right. what he's teaching me right. in this season. Yes. Not just I want to have kumbaya every day and isolate. So I feel like it's very misunderstood. And not to say that we should be like bitter at people or have an expectation that they'll understand, mm-hmm. which, you know, to admit, we have been frustrated with some of the responses. But it's more so just like... um people just might not get it because they haven't experienced it you know that's exactly it i think if you've never experienced miscarriage or a loss of a child like you can't it's unfortunately a club yeah and <laughs> we and we hope you're not in it ever ever yeah and you get indicted to it without wanting to be a part of it and like it's something that is so unique it's such a unique human experience and it has so many complexities and it has so many layers and everybody's story is so different that I think the best thing is just to be curious with one another even like curious as to how Drew is um fumbling or doing amazing through it or how Sabrina and being curious about me and how I'm wrestling through it because even just yesterday at church like I was still having some wrestlings with it and mm-hmm. like it's been three months but it still doesn't matter the time there's frame. no time like, frame like it's gonna it it just it it's a teacher it's gonna continue teaching you it right. doesn't stop right and and I want it like drew said i want I want to be open to allowing it to teach me like I told drew last night like sometimes you have to go through something so deeply from the beginning to the end of yourself mm-hmm. through something because mm-hmm. one day someone else is gonna come along and yep. you're gonna have to go from the beginning to the end with yep. them through the same situation you just went through yep and God allows you to go so deep, so right. intimately into this right. problem and to the sadness, into the grief, into the right. sorrow, into the lamenting, because he needs you to be so, right. so, so enveloped in it so yes. that you can help someone else who's about to go through the exact same thing as you. And that right. 
thing just happened to me recently. Like Drew, a friend of Drew or Drew's went through a miscarriage. And then I, my, one of my family members had a close person who just went through it as well. So it's already coming up and, and it is common. It's one in four women have a miscarriage. So it is a very common thing to happen. Yeah, unfortunately. There's a lot of silent miscarriages. Yes. Yes. So much silence around this topic. And I feel so sad for the women who feel they can't speak about it because it is so hush hush. It is such a, it's actually a, a, a word that I learned that I want to share. It's called disenfranchised grief. Mm. It's this concept that it's not socially acceptable. It's not a socially acceptable grief. Mm. Um, like I oh, read- you didn't lose a parent, or oh, the kid, you didn't. The kid wasn't an infant or a fully formed exactly. child yet. So why are you? It's this making is such the, a big deal about it. Exactly mm. disenfranchised grief. Here's like the. Um, this is from. Um, this is from Family Health Psychi- Psychiatrist and Counseling Center and um, online, and it says, Grief is defined as an emotional response to any type of loss, loss of a loved one, loss of a relationship through divorce or illness, and change in a lifestyle generated by a geographical or occupational move are all types of losses that create grief. Disenfranchised grief is generally grief that is not usually openly acknowledged, socially accepted, or publicly mourned. Examples of disenfranchised grief including loss of a pet, perinatal losses, elective abortions, loss of a body part, loss of a personality from dementia, and loss of a loved one who is not blood-related, such as like a boyfriend, a girlfriend, an in-law. So society disenfranchises grief and mourners by not recognizing one or more of the following, the relationship between the deceased and the survivor, the importance of the loss, or the need to be a griever. Society also attempts to regulate how, when, and how long people may grieve by placing terms such as complicated grief on those who seem to be grieving longer than they should. Grief and sadness makes people uncomfortable. Therefore, we often try to make people feel better or we simply ignore or minimize their grief as something that they need to get over. Establishing definitions of proper and improper mourning techniques is another way of including certain individuals, thereby thereby disenfranchising them and their grief. So, yeah, it's just saying, like, Unfortunately, miscarriage is one of those types of grief that is seen in public as not being socially accepted or that there's some kind of timeline of when you should be over this type of grief because Mm -hmm. this baby wasn't born. This baby wasn't old enough to be considered a baby or whatever the case is for that person. Um, And I have definitely experienced this disenfranchised grief and it has been significantly frustrating and heartbreaking for me. And it's something that now I feel so passionate about. And I'm very, very willing to be there for people who feel this exact same thing, who are going through a miscarriage. So please hear me when I say, if you have ever been through a miscarriage or you are currently going through a miscarriage or you ever go through a miscarriage, like I am here because I know and I'm going through the front and back of all of this deep within my grief to acknowledge how hurtful it is, how harmful, how how sad it is to go through a miscarriage. And, and I want to be there for people. Yeah. And don't get us wrong. We're not like glorifying or fetishizing oh grief gosh, or anything no. like that. Like No, but like, it's... A, it's we're not it's trying important. to fetishize like hard emotions and being in your feelings. It's not. We're just here to tell you that we chose to pay attention to how our grief was teaching us, and we are choosing to walk with other people 
who are experiencing the same thing because we can understand from a personal level so that we can allow it to grow us and bless us and not miss out on the gift of grief. That's right. It's totally a gift. You know that our faith is built on the gift of grief and mourning. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, Jesus literally had to die, and right. that was our gift. And so there is so. an element of our faith is that conviction that, oh, wow, our sin like killed Jesus, and he died in mourning. Yeah. Fortunately, he was resurrected, right? Right. So that grief was then uh, consolidated, so to speak, in clinical terms. It was <laughs> consolidated, and, and in the same way, our grief doesn't have the last word That's right. as well. That's right. And so this idea of grief, even in the Christian faith, it's like the idea of losing Jesus and his blood being spilt out on the cross, like there's loss involved yeah, in that. Right. And there's an element of our love and devotion for him that's tied to his death on the cross. Right. So if a Christian is like, stop mourning, it's like, dude, like, it's kind of a part of life, like, fundamental Forever. Christian faith, right. like in some degree. Right. Yeah. There's going to be sorrow and whether or not we allow it to in and process it is our own choice. And if we aren't processing it completely or at all, then it will come back. It will come back and it'll, it'll yep. chew you up somewhere else. Yep. Whether or not it's, it's uh, about the actual yep. problem or something else. Um. So anyways, sure. it, so to put that to rest, yeah, um, we were actually just recently after um, sending Sam off to get tested and everything, finding out that we have good genes and all that, yeah. we were able to lay him to rest mm-hmm. um, and bury him at a really beautiful place overlooking the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was very challenging, but I have, I've had a different level of peace, I think, yeah. in my heart and Me in too. my head. Since we did that, right, of like laid it to rest, you know, literally and figuratively. Yeah. uh, Of just, you know, looking out over the ocean, grieving, feeling the feelings, saying a few things to him, talking to God, reading some scripture, praying some of the Psalms. Yeah, for sure. It was very emotional. It was tough on us. I think we argued a few times because we couldn't decide where or how or when it was just too scattered for us we were having a hard time how do you make that decision how do you plan logistics about (laughs) that's that's the other thing about disenfranchised grief too right is like there isn't like normally when somebody dies you have a burial you have you can see the person you bury them people come and mourn with you they physically see you more structured yeah but with with miscarriage they don't not everyone gets the opportunity we we got because it is an opportunity right it's not my favorite opportunity but it was one and like but people don't get to witness you grieving or having this burial or 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 doing it with you in it like it's 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 just you and i um and so it's very hard to explain that to people and you don't want to bring down the you know bring down the conversation or you don't want to bring it up so unless somebody specifically asked me like hey did you bury baby then Mm -hmm. i'll tell them but otherwise it's so difficult to be like oh yeah this weekend we buried our baby you know yeah what'd you do this weekend oh Oh, yeah yeah that happened to me so many Uh, times they'd be like like, how uh, was your weekend and you're just like it was good right 
or what are you doing this weekend? I get asked that every time. And mm-hmm. I was just like, not sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh. Yeah, it's so uh, strange. I, I, here's to say, guys, also, I'd love to say this too. You don't know what's going on in people's lives. It's true. Be so kind and loving to them yeah. because I can put on a face all day long, but you do not know what's happening we in really my life. We really don't, yeah. You don't know what's happening in people's lives. Just be kind to them because maybe they just buried their baby and they're walking back from a hike and they're really sad inside. Who knows? Yeah, you never know you what never people really are going know. through. Loss of a job, could be down on their luck, a breakup, their a dog divorce, died, loss like, of a pet. yeah. Their in-law just died. Their boyfriend just died. Like, disenfranchised grief could be happening and you don't even know it, you know? like That's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. To be kind to another and love thy neighbor, right? That's right. It's all about love. Yeah. And so to move forward, like, with some resolve and resolution, it's like one of these things where it's like, I don't, it's not like, oh, okay, that's that's done and dusted. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like it will always be with us of course. in in a positive sense because yeah. it was an experience that has blessed us. Yeah. God was invited into our pain and teaching us through it. And so we don't want to discard that. You right. know what I mean? Right. Um obviously we don't like we're not advocating like stay stuck in the past and just like no. be depressed or like Right you know, hold on to that as if it was an idol and fall into self-pity and God, why didn't you do this? I'm not, we're like, hear me loud and clear. We are not saying that. And so with that, like moving forward with the lessons we've learned, um, we also just have a lot of hope and excitement for a family in the future. This isn't the end. It doesn't have like the last word, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not final. Right. Um, like we are still very hopeful and it has strengthened Sabrina and I's relationship going through hard things is what strengthens relationships. And so we're grateful for that too. It's like, that is a strong bond, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, not to say you have to experience that as a married couple. And I pray that you don't, Mm -hmm. but in our unique case, like it was a way to bond us and be there for each other and see us, at our worst and comfort mm-hmm. one another and um yeah and so we're we're still moving onward and upward and our faith was shaken but also refined because it's mm-hmm. faith is what is it like being certain of wait being something of what you hope for and certain of what you can't see (laughs) yeah i'm trying to remember the verse too faith is are you looking it up yeah i'm looking it up faith is certain anyway while she looks it up yeah just the idea that like oh it's now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see Mm, yeah it's this idea of like if we have certainty that's not really faith because you just know it. You know, you know the sky is blue. I don't have faith in that. Like, I just, I know it because I see it. Mm-hmm. And so faith in God, it's like when he, when something happens that's outside of our, you know, limited human um, concept of what God is and who he should be, then it opens our faith to grow, mm-hmm. right? It's like, wow, like, God, you work outside of my conception i can either choose to doubt your goodness or be like 
you're good in spite of it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, I have a lot of hope. I have a lot of hope yeah. that God will grant us um, another reward of a child because <laughs> um, it literally says children are a reward in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm hopeful that Sam's story can help at least one person. That's the goal of this podcast today. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I do, and, I do have a few resources I wanted oh, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to say real quick. Just yeah, list definitely them off. share so, those. Um, resources for anyone who's gone through a miscarriage or is currently going through one or has a friend and wants to share, um, highly recommend therapy. First off, that has been essential for Drew and I to have an individual and together therapist. Um, and then friends, if you're, you've got a friend who just had one, you know, bringing food, um, making something for them. I've had a lot of people send me really, really thoughtful gifts, um, checking in on them, telling them you're there for them, not skirting around it, really asking how they're doing, um, being curious about where they're at emotionally, spiritually, physically. Um, yeah. And then, the Miscarriage Therapist on podcast on Spotify. I've been listening to that. Um, Risen Motherhood also has a miscarriage podcast that was really helpful to me. And then the Healing Her podcast. She's actually specialized in grief. And she does a great job of speaking about how to work through grief in a really positive and uplifting way. So those are awesome. Um, and then, you know, going to people that you um, trust, like spiritual leaders and pastors and friends and mentors um, and, and, and speaking to them and asking them to help you through it. Um, I've met with a few people that I trust and love, so that helps. Um, yeah, and I'm always here as a resource, and so is Drew. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I know that today's topic was a heavy topic, and you know we like to keep things fun and light and have a good time. But also, this is life. This, this is, is real life, life and we yeah. want to share it with you. Uh, we're privileged to to share it with you. Yeah. And um, I know maybe it's not what you wanted to hear or what you needed to hear, um, or maybe it's exactly what you needed to hear, um, or yeah. uh, maybe you gained something, maybe you didn't. But yeah. this uh, our podcast is, uh, we bring our full selves, you know, and Brokenness included. There, will be, there will be lighter and more fun and educational podcasts in the future but there will also be a real life podcast um and that's uh that's the full spectrum of life right holistic. there's a time for everything yeah holistic yeah. tools for a, right? yeah for a right, holistic life for a and holistic marriage. life holistic <laughs> means integrating all parts of life yeah. right yeah. the good the bad the sad the happy the physical the emotional the spiritual the relational yeah you know all the things awesome. and so we're we're really grateful that we can share all the things with you we're glad to be back um yeah. thank you for tuning back in yeah. and following up with us will we continue podcasting babe <laughs> oh she's putting me on the spot here <laughs> yes of course <laughs> okay, we just good. had life happen oh you know? yeah no for sure we even tried to make a podcast last month for, um, oh God, for that, yeah, <laughs> for infant loss and a miscarriage uh, awareness month. And we last had month, technical difficulties we, and lost all our audio. It literally was awful. And we, we talked about the miscarriage and cried and all this stuff, and then <laughs> the technical difficulties. So we realized, okay, that one was for us. Yeah. And then so this is our second take. This is one's for you. You do one for yourself, and then you do one for the fans. You know. <laughs> 
So anyways, we'll be back. Thank you so much for listening. Um, We hope that you have a great week. See you next time.